0: Welcome to Feeling Seen, the podcast that talks about the movies that make us feel seen. This week, we're sharing my interview with actor Kaylee Reese. When we spoke in 2022, Kaylee was moving from boxing to acting with a lead role in a crime thriller called Catch the Fair One. Now, just a few years later, she's starring alongside Jodie Foster as a lead in the new season of the anthology series, True Detective. This was one of our earliest interviews, and I'm excited to get the chance to bring it back out of the vault. At the end, we'll have a brand new one quick thing for you about this year's Oscar nominations, though. But before then, enjoy my conversation with Kaylee Reese. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Feeling Seen. My guest is Kaylee Reese, a WBA, IBO, and WBO super lightweight champion boxer who makes her feature debut in Catch the Fair One. She plays a character also named Kaylee, and she is familiar with a lot of the challenges and assumptions that her fictional counterpart has faced over the course of her life. What's more, the thriller addresses issues that Kaylee has been a major advocate for considering the Native community, in this case specifically, the plight of murdered and missing Indigenous women. She's been nominated for an Independent Spirit Award for her performance. Catch the Fair One is directed by Joseph Kubota-Lataka. And at the time of this recording, season two of Euphoria still had a few episodes left to air, which is why we didn't get into the specifics of that school play. For now, let's get right to it with Kaylee! Hello, Kaylee! Thank you so much for being here today.
1: No problem. This is exciting. This one, I'm actually like,
0: uh, I've done a lot of like the same type of interviews, but I was right. like, oh yeah, this is going to be fun. Okay, good. Uh, before we get to your character choice, I would like to ask, because you, you have boxed for a very long time. I think uh, I've read that 15 years, I think you said, like your, the length of your career. Yeah, it's about 20 years, over 20 years overall, but 13 and a half as a professional. Okay. Okay. Why fighting? Why, why the, why the physical arts? What brought you to boxing?
1: Well, first of all I wanna thank you guys for having me on and I just wanna introduce myself and my language. Unikisuk, what's hasui smikunano, mutamaas sikonkewapanaak, mutamaz nitmock, mutamaz Cherokee, Mutamaz Cape Rhode Island Islands, uh Natai Providence, Rhode Island, South Philly. Hello, greetings. My given name is Many Feathers, Many Talents, and I am from the Sikonke Wapanog tribe with lineage to the Nipmuc and Cherokee tribes, as well as from the Cape Rhode Islands, originally from Providence, Rhode Island, and now <laughs> reside in South Philly. So watch here, which means greetings to everybody. Thank you. No problem. No problem. And to kind of lean into how I even got into fighting, um, I'll give you a little background on my tribe. I'm from the Sikonke Wampanoag tribe. Mm-hmm. And Wampanoag is a huge nation. We have about eight or nine different bands or clans, and I'm from the Sikonke or Sukikonque, which means black goose tribe, and we had a fierce leader by the name of um, Osumiquin. He was um, a sachem. he was a great leader, and um, he had a war chief by the name of Anawan. And as, after Osumiquin passed on, his predecessor was his son, uh, Wamsutta, who got killed, and then he had another son, King Philip, um, he had a right hand man. His name is Anawan, and he was a war chief. That's where my direct lineage is. So he was basically the one who, you know, gathered up all the soldiers and was, um, you know, one of the one of the top guys. And as you can see, having that warrior blood mm-hmm. runs deep in my veins, especially from my tribe, as well as being Cape Verdean. Cape Verde Islands are off the west coast of Africa, which was originally used as a slave port, mm-hmm. but is now been its own ind- independent country for well over forty years now. So I come like, from a really strong line of just. Fierce resilient people.
0: <laughs> Almost a walk toward destiny then for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean it didn't start off like that. I mean, I'm I'm one of five kids. Uh everybody I'm the baby, so I had to be really creative to get away with
0: stuff, <laughs> yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah, your parents had seen it all at that point. They'd seen it all. But
1: yeah, I'm like, oh, man, he did that, he got caught, she did that, got caught. So <laughs> I was, you know, really clever as a kid. You know, I was into music. Everybody does something in music in my family. My father was on uh, Tour with Mocky Mark and the Funky Bunch. She's oh, a musician. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good vibration. Good, good vibration. vibration. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> man. Uh, my mother's a, a talented singer, and everybody does something. So boxing wasn't really something that the, my family did, but sports was. Um, basketball. And I first expressed my love of anything physical probably at the age of like five or six. Want to play football? My mom wasn't having that. Um, eventually, I found uh, a man that. I found him with a boxer. He's from another tribe over here, the Narragansett tribe. And I used to bug him to try to, like, I just want to learn how to box. And he just kind of blew me off in his very New England accent. Hey, you don't want to be a boxer. Girls, they just want to hang out and all this <laughs> other stuff. But, you know, when someone tells me I shouldn't do something, usually I do the ladder, the sure. And I-, I wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um the team sports didn't really do it for me. Um, when I was around 11, 12, I went through a, l- a lot of different things. And um, I always like the solo aspect of fighting in general and then boxing, because when you play basketball, you have four other teammates. You can sub in if you get tired. But boxing, mm-hmm. if you don't do something, that's your ass. You know what I mean? You have, <laughs> yeah. to, you have to be very, very self-accountable. The
0: buck stops at you. That's, that's yes, it that's in the it, ring. Man, no, you yeah. can't be
1: like, can you take these two rounds for me? No, nah, you have to do that. And, mm-hmm. um. At a very early age between being, you know, more than one race, being Cape Verdean or black and indigenous or Native American, not growing up in your typical um, surrounding Native tribes on a reservation, kind of, you know, in between a couple of worlds, getting taught my heritage from my mother, who is a medicine woman of a tribe, mm. but also she's a Christian. To mm. kind of really have those things That was really bumping So I just couldn't find my footing Right And um, my father left really early on And I just didn't fit anywhere mm-hmm. And honestly with everything going on As a 13, 14 year old at that time I went in the gym In this chaotic funky ball smelling place And <laughs> every, everything in my head just went quiet And yeah. I was able to just focus on what I was doing And then from there I took hit the ground running From there
0: you became a goddamn champion <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Six times, man. Six times. <laughs> well, I, 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 I like this as a lead into talking about the character that you have brought for us to discuss today. Who, who have you brought for us to discuss today? What character has resonated with you very strongly? Rue from Euphoria. I love her. Yes. Tell us, Kaylee, who is Rue in Euphoria? What are we, what are we dealing with here? Rue is uh,
1: an amazing phenomena. She's a very deep character in the um, show Euphoria. She's mm. a teenager. Who hmm. goes through some trauma? Who is father is white, mom's black, and she has a younger sister, and she's an addict in high school.
0: Mm-hmm. In in the in the most alarming high school currently on television, uh, I it has a name. I call it Euphoria High, and all the teens have very serious issues they're dealing with a lot. And it is Zendaya is is it is an incredibly capable cast and ensemble. But goddamn Emmy winner Zendaya for the role is really putting this show on her back and walking up charging up a hill every single episode.
1: Every single episode, and her supporting. Um... Actors and actresses in there are phenomenal. I mean, this high school Mm. needs to be closed. As far as I'm concerned.
0: (laughs) It needs to be closed. Just close it. it. Just close it. Start over. Start over, you guys. Knock it down, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, as a beloved character that a lot of people are rooting
0: for, I feel a certain responsibility to make good decisions. But I relapsed. What I really like is the through line here with such an, I mean, an utterly embodied pursuit as boxing. And then with your role in Catch the Fair Run, which for which you've been nominated for an independent spirit award. And then you have this um, performance by Zendaya, which is she's a she's a woman of few words, Rue. So much of that performance takes place in Zendaya's body and how she moves through space. And you learn so much about how she feels about herself and other people from her physicality. So what what about Rue really caught for you when you saw this performance?
1: You know, shout out to Zendaya. I mean, she is an artiste and so <laughs> young. I can't wait to see what she does next. <laughs> Fellow Virgo, uh, <laughs> I love it. Virgos, man, we do it different. Um, There's so much I love about that character, and she really embodies her, because Rue is a character I think that everybody, male or female, can identify with, because there's a little bit of Rue in everybody, I think. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like you said, she doesn't say much, but there's so much going on. She may Mm -hmm. say two words, but those words are, and how she really feels, is lying right underneath her sarcasm, Mm -hmm. which I love as well. And she just feel so deeply the beautiful thing about getting high is time ceases to exist i mean you can just stay in the good moments without the fear that they'll come to an end and try i think she has so much going on that's why she's an addict she's trying Mm -hmm. to shut it up and i can so relate to that and the way she just the way she walks the way she deals with things the way she smiles or doesn't everything is so calculated mm-hmm. but so messy and mm-hmm. it's, it has so many different layers and i feel like she is embodied with every episode gets something else that you can pick out of her even just a different twitches or how she really feels about herself in other people she loves people mm-hmm. but she hates herself because she's like this and she feels bad it's a constant like ping pong. I just, you know, I could watch, I can go on forever, but (laughs) she she just, oh man, I absolutely love the entire show, but her character is so, so deep at so many levels.
0: Is there now are there any scenes especially where you felt have really pinged with you where there there was just like a deeply reflective moment of like, oh man, I need to like maybe I need to take a break, maybe I need to walk away. Like I'm feeling I'm feeling a little too in it with like I've definitely walked away from that show sometimes and been like, I'm too in it right now, and I need to give myself a breath before I finish what this is giving me because I I, I, I need to just like make sure that I'm not in trauma high school right now and in mm. my world and creating a distance. So are there are like can, are there scenes especially where you've been like man this is this is just beyond what I've even experienced in this character even so far
1: they did not waste any time in this new season to kind of just ram it right into Lou, bro Jesus episode four when she was just having the complete breakdown she was going through withdrawal she was just it was a lot and <laughs> I, he embodied that I started watching the fifth episode and it started with her in like the most vulnerable spot just trying to eat a Jolly Rancher. And I was like, I can't today. I gotta <laughs> take a break. I can't do this.
0: <laughs> okay, look, look, we can go to the hospital, okay? I'm not going to the fucking you. hospital if you call. Mom, look,
1: mom, we can mom, do the withdrawal
0: thing again, baby. Call. It's okay. The fucking hospital. If
1: you try to put me in a fucking hospital, I swear to God we're gonna have a problem. She gives you your all, her all in that character and mm-hmm. then every run, every grunt, every beat of sweat, every chill, I was like, oh
0: my God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now I want to pivot that into into your own work with with Catch the Fair One and how I think uh, I was reading an interview with you uh, where you talked about kind of like you you knew that the amount of things that your fictional Kaylee was going to say could possibly fit on a page, page and a half. Mm -hmm. You're never wondering about her clarity of purpose. And I wanted to talk to you about playing a kind of a character that feels almost so animalistic in their drive towards something which is i think something that i feel when i watch zendaya as rue as well like stripped of her ability to sort of want to participate in the human experience she just like and yet feeling like such a yearning to be a part of it there's something very raw and animalistic to me about the performance that zendaya is giving and i wanted to hear from you about like sort of physically embodying that space
1: it's definitely um acting is not just in talking it's honestly probably that's the last thing it's 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 in your body you have energy you need to use it you need to express it and it was heavy i mean this this character was very heavy um very close to me and what saved me from going down that deep hole because this was a very very heavy context of a story to tell was being able to plug all the way in Mm -hmm. and then plug all, all the way out because it's just so so close and the physicality of this character she you know our idea was to take this strong powerful warrior Mm -hmm. and strip her of everything and what is she left with but one goal is to find her sister and get back in the ring and how would that feel Mm -hmm. you have all that pressure your mom doesn't accept you you think it's your fault you think she thinks it's your fault your native uh, community doesn't fully accept you because you're not the fair one there's just so much that all I can do is just picture her carrying it on her mm-hmm. and being so uncomfortable, hence the reason why she had, you know, turned to drugs when her uh, sister got lost in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then she's trying to do something even better by maybe my mom will accept me if I find my sister. So let me get off the drugs, but she can't stop moving. Mm-hmm. There's always something with that character. She has to move. She just wants mm-hmm. to get out of her own body. and. It was just really to picture all that and just well, how would you feel? You would feel like this. And, you yeah, know, I just fold thought it, it
0: in like turn yeah. like fold it inward and, and kind of like eyes down to the ground. It seems like uh,
1: exactly this character taught me a lot about myself and a lot mm. about people in general. So
0: what what surprised you about getting into a character's point of view like that? Like, I, I don't know that you had ever done that before. I Perhaps you had. But what was that like as a function of? Sort of self discovery. What was what was the most sort of thing that took you aback about getting through that process?
1: The fact that once I really get into a routine, uh, was getting in and out. It, I didn't want her to leave. I was oh, like, this character. It's like, how can I explain this? And I've heard this from all that char- um actors. And it's like, I almost had a. I and my best friend. We did like a whole ceremony to like bury this character wow. because. I had to say goodbye because she yeah. just, we just both went through this cathartic ride together. So I'm, it's crazy because when I explained it to my best friend, she was like, I never thought of it like that. I'm like, dude, I need to, in my mind, uh-huh. be able to put her to rest unless I need her again. But right. I really have to take her out and she has to completely leave me because I felt, lo- I had like almost like um, post filming depression almost. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't plug into this girl. I can't talk to her. I can't feel what she's feeling in these moments. And especially mm-hmm. on a psychological level, going through that and picturing in real life, like these are what my sisters, and my people are going through. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, it was just all crazy. I really had to make sure we put her to rest mm-hmm. in her place and kept her there until maybe I may need to talk to her again. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think the average person can really grasp that. Cause everybody thinks acting is good. Lying, I'm not lying because the fact is I'm really, my job is to convince you that I'm really feeling this. Mm-hmm. And understanding that the camera sees everything gave me the ability to really understand what I had to convey, this this loss, this depression, this rage, mm-hmm. by just a slight turn of your eyes or mm-hmm. anything. It was just really important because um, throughout the whole film, we suggest we don't show much. And mm-hmm. that was 85 minutes of a rush, you mm-hmm. know? So um, it's just, it is in your body.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, and that feels like, it feels like the when you have these really... Because, like, your, your character, like, I'm with her the entire way. I'm with Kaylee. But you, like, she's also doing very compromising things morally in ways that you can tell she's not totally sure about at times. So she's like, all right, I'm on this path, and I'm walking straight forward, but, like, I don't feel great about what I'm doing, but it's a means to an end. And, and obviously what Zendaya's doing with Rue and Euphoria, like, this is a character who is challenging you at every turn to abandon her. and And yet, in that process... It feels like to embody these characters so fully and completely the way that you both do. I would say is you have to honor them, and I really, I, I that's such a beautiful thing to hear about, like the process of letting that Kaylee go for you. It feels like it's a, it feels like it's part of that act of honoring their their richness and their fullness mm-hmm. in a really tangible way. That that sounds extremely emotional, honestly. Oh no, it was. I mean, uh, I got home and I was like, okay. Like
1: when am I gonna, when am I gonna talk to Kaylee again? Because you know I used to write down notes to myself from her before mm-hmm. I went to sleep when I was on set, and this was just something little that um again the the um Sheila Grace who I worked with for like a week. I didn't have any prior training, but mm-hmm. Joseph threw me in like a boot camp. But just <laughs> to just to write down like. I kind of like I honor you and you know if there's anything you need to tell me about the character in my dreams tell me Mm -hmm. and like I kind of I already do this anyway so it was Mm -hmm. something like I need to I need to put this to rest because I don't need her to be sitting next to me every day like Mm -hmm. and just like you know what I mean and it's um I think that's super important again I haven't been in this industry but I blink and I already can see how people can get real caught up you can get lost in that
0: whole thing this movie is obviously like this is a very personal movie to you and it is a very personal representation of the community that you are of a par- you are a part of and i'm i'm just i'm i would like to ask you about sort of a the culturally specific way that you sent that person off and sort of the way inextricably that your your upbringing your spirituality your relationship with the spiritual involves specifically in because you know, it's, it's not just a matter of, we're going to make a vengeance story where, like, it could have been a script with a white woman, but we switched it and we found this person to star in it. No, this is an intricately specific and detailed reflection of tribute to causes that you fight for, a community that you represent. And I wanted to hear about sort of the cultural relationship, like the cultural specificities of, you know, that you bring to relating to this character and even saying goodbye to this character that are, that are unique to your experience.
1: So, um, you know, this story, we took a lot of time to develop things. And again, Joseph is such an amazing human for even wanting to tell the story, number one, but to recognize that it wasn't his story to tell. And he wants to get the perspective of somebody in that community to tell the story. So um, it's it's crazy because in Native country, um, there's so many things that are taboo to talk about or that Mm. we as Native people just don't talk about. Mm. Um, i.e. being residential schools, survivors. Mm. A lot of survivors don't want to talk about it, and they're so ashamed that we just, there's just things that we just do not mention amongst the Native community. Mm. Um, there's some Native communities that accept and honor two-spirit people. There's some that don't. Mm. So there's all kinds of different ways, and culturally, um, we definitely wanted to keep it non-tribal specific due to This doesn't just happen to the Wampanoag Nation or the Seneca Nation. It happens all to every indigenous people all around the world, any indigenous person to that land. So we want to keep it very grim looking, Mm -hmm. um, but not tribal or area specific. Mm -hmm.
0: Is, yes, you are. You are a passionate advocate for the yes. uh, missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls movement. Yes, which is not specific to a, a tribe or a person. No, it is.
1: yeah. So that's why touching on this subject of missing murdered Indigenous women to just bring awareness. Because again, this story is not in any way, shape, or form an answer. It's mm-hmm. just our creative interpretation of a very bad issue. So we mm-hmm. did, didn't want it. We didn't want to keep it tribal specific or area specific. However, highlighting Northeast woodland tribes or Northeast tribes was. Kind of a, a direction i wanted to go in mm. be, to kind of break and change the narrative of how everybody thinks native americans or indigenous peoples should number one look like mm-hmm. act like talk like what color we should be how our hair should be everybody right. has this one-dimensional and uh, like picture in their mind of we're all supposed to look like Tonto and geronimo and pocahontas right. and all this other stuff you are
0: a monolith created by white fiction i am i am i'm just a double <laughs> negative over here <laughs> <laughs> So that
1: was really as far as culturally um, bringing highlights to that and also Mm kind of a little bit of twinge of the anti-blackness inside native country Mm. is something to be reckoned with because the most racism I have ever faced was not from white people, Spanish people, it was from other natives because I'm mixed with black. And that's a topic, again, that's very taboo that a lot of people don't want to talk about, but you got to talk about it because... You have people who are mixed with white, they get praise. You got um, people like me, myself, who's mixed with, mixed with black or Cape Verde Island, mm-hmm. it's shunned upon. So there was a bunch of layers that we had to kind of um, bring out in that. And as far as sending her off, you know, when we, um, we send prayers, prayers up to the creator and there's different ceremonies, full moon ceremonies, new moon, there's um, sending off uh, a loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, or an elder, so it was kind of similar. I didn't, mm-hmm. I never got taught this. This is almost like it's, um, what I know already. To let somebody go, mm-hmm. um, in that fashion. So it yeah. was more or less just saying what I appreciated, what I learned, and letting her rest, and just sending her off. Um, you know, have like a ceremony of fire. We use a lot of fires. Um, when people pass, we mm-hmm. usually light a fire and keep it going until we send them off. So I just had a fire and kind of did my own ceremony and I, I'm glad I did because mm-hmm. you could kind of toy with going back and forth well while I was
0: while I was watching um, the film, I started thinking about a, an interview that I had done with filmmaker Jeff Barnaby when his movie Blood Quantum came out. Yeah. Uh, a theme that he came back to a lot in that conversation was the idea of the post-colonial native and dealing with the the rage and anger and the, the righteous resentment that imbued a really challenging and antagonistic character in his story. And he he said this thing that I, I, I went back and I read that interview today and it clicked with what I was a thing I was experiencing when I was watching Catch the Fair one. And he said, for the past 200, 300, 400 years, the main focus of the destructive might of the colonies was to destroy Native families. And as I was watching this, I was just, as I'm watching your film, I'm seeing all of these girls be taken. And I'm seeing your character spiral into addiction, estranged from her mother, and and these these abductions, these people being taken and them being trafficked by these, you know, not exclusively, but often white men and and shipped to who knows where. And, you know, in that horribly agonizing line coming from, I think it was Kevin Dunn, I think, is the actor who said, like, you think I remember their names? Yeah. And it just this incredible, huge network that in part, amidst so many other ways of, of being a force of destruction, also has a role in continuing to decimate Native families and and his is a zombie apocalypse movie that like in its its presentation like is quite different from yours but i i that was really like breaking my heart as a through line i was feeling through both your film and that one
1: yeah that's it i love blood quantum by the way because number one i love zombie films but he <laughs> did that film very well and then you can you have to watch another movie like ours you have to watch a few times because there's so many different little messages mm-hmm. and it is it is crazy the the the, the rage that we it's it's almost got tr- kind of got masked by like shame a little mm. bit especially amongst our women because this is me speaking personally mm. there's just something about native people and especially women not all but it's genetic genocide where we just have this i'm sorry for being here i'm mm-hmm. sorry for existing type of thing because century after century we got treated and told that we weren't worth were shit basically mm-hmm. and that feeling those frequencies get passed down in your dna and it's been for centuries. So to go to a whole different side of this country and to see somebody without saying a word and know she feels the same way I do and understand without even knowing this person, that it goes so, so deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people deal with it differently. Some people deal with it as, in addiction. Number one, when you're on a sovereign nation, you're on a reservation, and you think that's all there is, hmm. there's nothing else. And you don't see faces like this in film. You don't see your your native counterparts uh being a world champion on hbo right it's the reason why i have to represent no matter where i go because this is a problem we're mm-hmm. the first original people of this land but with the last to be spoken about but we're leading in all the car- horrific statistics such mm-hmm. as domestic abuse abuse um homelessness addiction obesity suicide like and these are kids these are kids you know what i mean so there's a lot of different undertones and i i totally get that statement it's um Something almost you don't understand, especially as a teenager, like right. growing up and, and not really understanding, wanting to be traditional, but having the outside influences of going to regular schools and being surrounded by regular kids, feeling like you're not worth anything, feeling like you can't make a difference, but knowing that you have the pressure of being the next generation and pass these things down, That's so much pressure, mm-hmm. especially when we're losing elders so fast. And I'm like, I'm still relearning stuff. How am I going to pass it down? So, right it's just um it's it's we're peeling back the layers now but telling stories just Mm -hmm. like what quantum just like catch the fail and any other person who's trying to just get it out Mm -hmm. storytelling is our healing storytelling is how we pass down information creation stories how we pass down information in general Mm -hmm. so this modern day of uh, storytelling via movies is Mm -hmm. i feel it's gonna help and create a safe space especially for our elders who are residential school survivors or have gone through. Um, You know, a time where, you know, 80, 85 years old, they have seen a lot and mm-hmm. it's still bad. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's going away. It's just changing with the times.
0: Right, right. And, you know, when you're when you're growing up and you're talking about like being on a sovereign nation and, and not and not really it, like that being the entire all encompassing world around you, like, did you have media examples when you were growing up that you could really attach to as like an example of possibility that you might be, maybe weren't necessarily seeing around you? Like, Rue is an incredible character. And, is a also like reflects a very different upbringing from yours did you did you have characters of your own that reflected a native experience that you could latch on to and be like i'm so happy to see this existing in a context that lets me know there's there's more than me and there's more than here or or was that kind of just an absence of experience
1: we don't have many um you know Native actors that are outside of native film. You know, yeah. Last of the Mohicans, Dances with Wolves, every, all that. And, but you never seen, oh, snap, there's somebody who's native. They're playing in SVU. You don't mm-hmm. see that. Yeah. Um, I will say somebody like West Study has been around forever. He's a legend. And mm-hmm. he started as your typical roles, or uh, Tantu Cardinals. He's another legend. And those are just names that you've seen, but you see them in native roles. So mm-hmm. I never really saw anybody that looked like me. Um, I was happy when I saw Smoke Signals because it yep. was like... It was like, you know, I looked just like, <laughs> I had my big glasses with braid ties and little geek I used to get made fun front of. I will show you a picture, but it was the only movie that was out that was kind of had people, you know, Adam Beach in it, which yep. is a, uh, he's a phenomenal person by the way, but it was just like our movie. Oh, then what happened? Arnold got arrested, you know, but he got lucky. At first they charged him with attempted murder, but then they plea bargained that down to assault with a deadly weapon. And then they plea bargained that down to being an Indian in the 20th century. And he got two years in Walla Walla. But mm-hmm. still in Maine, like people are like what smoke signals? I'm like, yeah, I see.
0: OK, but I felt well, that was, like. Yeah, that was one that Jeff was Barnaby this. brought up too, saying that he's like that came out 20 years ago. And the promise that that movie offered wasn't ever fulfilled.
1: No, it wasn't. I mean, with the. Now I feel like reservation dogs is like yeah. our smoke signals of today. And especially I love it because they did what smoke signals does. They just show you life in the res native people. We're funny. You know what I yeah. mean? We, <laughs> we love to have a good time. So I believe I was so happy when Reservation came out reservation dogs came out and they touched on a lot of things again, like Touch the Fair One, but they mm-hmm. had comedy and it was entertainment. But that's the you know, res kids and res people like mm-hmm. being rezzy and noticing that we're not natives living in teepees and wigwams anymore we're living in regular houses with real problems with teenage problems the same thing happens but i feel with rue though going back to her just she could have a whole different background but just her catapult into life and being forced to almost grow up so fast at such a young age after her father died and dealing with all that trauma and having a little sister look after and trying to live up to expectations of moms i mean i think that right there makes me feel seen Mm -hmm. personally as a teenager and then when i deal with younger teenage kids Mm -hmm. um especially girls going through the same thing i feel hope for them that the outside maybe that doesn't feel that way can get a look inside the psyche of Mm -hmm. where that comes from instead of saying oh she's just a junkie no she has a problem it's Mm -hmm. she needs she needs help not make fun of the junkie no like Mm -hmm. she's that's a cry for help and i think somebody like Rue is kind of making, hopefully breaking barriers for older people to see the, the struggle of young people. Yeah, teenagers are a pain in the ass to deal with, hence the reason why I deal with them. I <laughs> yeah. was one. We all were one. Though. Yeah, we so, were there. Yeah, we, we all were one. So I, I love the fact that she's so transparent and vulnerable into every step and why she thinks how she thinks and her own self and how everybody sees her, but they're probably wrong. It's
0: just, it's very, very deep. I'll be right back with more from Kaylee Reese. Then we've got a brand new one quick thing for you where I'll be talking about the highs and lows of the 2024 Oscar nominations. Out just this week. From the twisted minds that brought you the adventure zone, balance and amnesty and graduation and ether sea and steeplechase and Ultra space. And all the other ones, the McElroy brothers and Dad, are proud to reveal a bold vision for the future of actual play podcasting. It's um, it's called the Adventure Zone versus Dracula. Yeah, we're going to kill Dracula's ass. <laughs> we're gonna, well, we're going to attempt. We haven't recorded all of it yet. We will attempt to kill Dracula's ass. The Avengers vs. Dracula. Yes, a season I will be running uh, using the D&D 5th Edition uh, rule set. And there's two episodes out for you to listen to right now. We hope you will join us. Same bat time, same bat channel. for, for bats. More I see what
1: you did there. People say not to judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree.
0: Which is why here on Just the Zoo of Us, we judge them by so much more.
1: We rate animals out of 10 in the categories of effectiveness, ingenuity, and
0: aesthetics, taking into consideration each animal's true strengths. Like a pigeon's ability to tell a Monet from a Picasso, or a polar bear's ability to play basketball. Guest experts like biologists, ecologists, and more join us to share their unique insight into the animal's world.
1: Listen with friends and family of all ages on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts.
0: Welcome back to Feeling Scene. I'm your host, Jordan Cruciola, and today's co host is the multi hyphenate force of nature, Kaylee Race. A thing that I was so intrigued by while experiencing your character in in your film is when we when we meet her she's kicking at like you're fucking terrifying in that just like warm-up <laughs> training scene I was like oh my god if she hit me I might die like <laughs> she's so fast Jesus and so this is how we meet you and then in so many of your interactions there's That, that like, oh, sorry, like you're very polite and you're very, you're very quiet and and you take up as little space as possible. But the the physical specter of you, so physically powerful, carved from sewn, so strong. I really appreciated the intense duality that. Your character presented of somebody who does look so physically dominating and imposing, but is still so filled with that kind of insecurity or that kind of sadness that there's still that tendency to fold in close and and take up as little room as possible. And I was like, that feels so Full. that feels so sincere like you mm-hmm. you don't just have like your license to kill because you physically could like there's still <laughs> there's so much happening on the interior and it and i feel like we see that so much too in that rue is a chaos agent like mm-hmm. the, the episode where she's running around and withdrawals and she's like i'm gonna ruin everyone's life who i come across in the meantime yep. and yet at the same time apologizing at every turn and feeling so afraid to be rejected and turned away. It's it's a wild ex- it's a whiplash of an experience going through both your character and hers in that in that specific way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the contra I think, you know, usually a first instinct is always the right one. And first I said, you know, when I was doing this and prepping for this interview, i was i was looking i was like that's actually kind of like a younger version
0: of kaylee except she don't box like it's so yeah, crazy it, it is like there, are, I, like you know you find patterns when somebody tells you something somebody somebody mentions a car to you and suddenly it's the only car you see on the road kind of thing is everybody drive a subaru outback how did that yeah. happen <laughs> but like so obviously i'm watching your movie like informed by this that you're bringing to the table but i wasn't having to make many logic leaps to mm-hmm. find like to find you know like spiritual sequel kind of feelings between these two characters
1: yeah um it's it's amazing how um joseph actually wanted to bring the boxing in it and you know we both spoke about why and we could have had just a regular kind of you know well-known person in the community but the idea of taking this this like you said chiseled from stone ultimate deadly terrifying world champion warrior Mm -hmm. is no match and that one person even that one person so powerful in this trying to tackle this problem She's not even going to be able to take it down, but she's willing to, you know, do so in her own mm-hmm. fashion. And we definitely want to make that contrast and didn't want to be like Liam Nielsen looking for another one of his family members because now he yeah. lost <laughs> some grandkids, apparently. Yeah. So I'm not even gonna go there. But we had, I mean, it would have been goofy if I was just knocking everybody out, punching this one, punching that one. Right. We had to make it realistic and She gets stronger in her survival mode as the story goes on, but she doesn't know what she's getting into. I know she really can depend on is herself, but we didn't want to make it another goofy, I'm a slick shot going to shoot you right in the shoulder from around the thing and I'm just going to punch everybody because it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been feral, it wouldn't have been primal. We wanted everybody to see the primal part of somebody who loses a sister like what would you do and if she was up here and now she fell so far down we needed that for the audience to understand that mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and it and I've, I've i've read in interviews where you've talked about like we could have i we could have gone darker with this movie and in certain ways like i wish i could i wish we would have gone darker with these movies with this movie and then i wanted to hear from you about that and i also i kind of wanted to put it in conversation with where i kind of thinking where i want to go with that is I talk a lot about queer cinema and that balance between like these stories that we've seen so many times of queer pain and and coming out stories that often don't go well versus what I feel like we have more options now is to explore queer joy and how that feels almost like a revolutionary thing to still see as queer people experiencing joy and I wanted to hear from you about like that balance of expressing something as intensely dark and committed to the reality as, as this movie is and the issues that it's addressing while also like being a part of a community defined by its color and, and, and the joy you experience in the, and the beauties of your, of your tradition and your ancestry. Like I wanted to hear about like sort of those two sides of you and knowing that you're going to continue on in filmmaking. It sounds like how like those kind of, that mixture of things will factor in.
1: Yeah. It was crazy too, because um, Joseph was, like I said, he was really adamant about telling the story the right way. And yeah. Um, with an issue like this that is very dark, very triggering, and just, just the context of it doesn't just happen to indigenous women. It happens to the minorities most of the time. I mean, no offense, but one white girl goes missing in America, we see it all over the place. Yeah, absolutely it, true. Yep. That I mean, and then we don't see anything about the indigenous people getting taken off their land, or our mm-hmm. lands, our peoples, our families. So, you know, it was going to have to be unpredictable yet inevitable. Whereas, too, um, because of a subject like this that not many people know about, we can't really rip the Band-Aid off too, too much because right. um, then people get into the whole, now, don't don't ask, don't tell, no, out of sight, out of mind and tries to do what America's been trying to do, with the history that it's built on in the first place. Mm-hmm. So. You know, we, was, we didn't want to exploit it or, or glamorize this, the sex acts that goes along with this. Nor do we need to waste two minutes of film having somebody being raped on camera. You've seen that totally. movie before. Yes. So it was a more of suggest, don't tell, kind of. You know, you guys, we can, we all have imaginations. Also, we want you to stay with her in her world, no matter what's going on in the back. Stay with her the entire movie to feel what she feels. So, um, my mother actually was the one who came and said that ain't dark enough and the reason she and she's again beautiful woman spiritual and she doesn't even like watching scary movies but Mm -hmm. she said that because this is kind of the tip of the iceberg of the stories i've personally heard and Mm -hmm. the things that really go on there so we will walk in that fine line of entertainment making sure every almost everybody could sit down through this movie and not want to walk away but keep it real and that's a very very fine line um you know Because this subject just isn't in mainstream media and people don't even
0: know. That really happens? Yeah, it does. (sighs) Jesus. And thinking back to my conversation with Jeff as well, he talked about like the first iteration of Blood Quantum was a lot angrier, Mm -hmm. was a lot angrier. And I wanted to hear about scaling, like scaling to where you did to know that you were like, okay, I think we are on the knife's edge of where we need to be. My instinct is telling me to push harder in a darker direction, but like, where is the... Where was finding that, like, thing that you felt comfortable with, like, you were honoring the severity of the material while also being, like, all right, let's also know, like, consider in mind the audience for this as well. Yeah,
1: our, our moral compass was, like... Especially knowing that you're right I to know. be angry,
0: that you're right to be fucking ah, angry.
1: <laughs> it, we didn't want to beat the audience over our head like a documentary with, with like, yeah. activism at, at all, you know? we wanted Awareness and mm-hmm. activism is a little bit different in my perspective, so... It wasn't a documentary, okay. but it was bringing awareness. Like, I mean, let's face it, I box, but I box for a cause. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to kill the person. But that's a very violent sport. I mean, it's a beautiful art, but it's just a platform <laughs> for me. It's a catalyst into whatever else I can do other endeavors. Um, it was a, it was a, uh, like I said, our, our our compass was caught in the Bermuda Triangle a few times because because <laughs> joseph a great artist but he's very dark as well and he you know we we clicked mm. on the whole biracial thing the whole baby thing the whole dad issues things but um we just bounced ideas off off each other and like i said he we, it had to be unpredictable. So we had to have the suspense mm-hmm. of unpredictability and reality wise. I mean, we could have gave her a gun or a knife or some kind of nunchucks that mm-hmm. she just mastered on YouTube or something, but we had to keep it, we <laughs> yeah. had to keep it primal and real and kind of, all right, What's her surroundings? What can she use? Hence the razor. She's in a shelter. Right. She's not going to have a knife. She's poor. Mm -hmm. Okay. She can hide. That's like jail. They can hide razors in jail. Mm -hmm. So, okay. She's here. What would she use at this home? How would she do this? What if she found this kind of a thing? And really kept it realistic, Mm -hmm. but keeping it dark enough to kind of, so you get just a little taste Mm -hmm. of what they even think about doing.
0: Well, in in, you know, in talking about what you were saying, like with a character like Rue, hoping that it creates an expanded the opportunity for an expanded perspective on what you know black and brown girls like like a young rue go through to to older people who might what anybody who might watch this and be like wow this is an experience that's foreign to me but now I feel more I feel more empathetic to understanding that there are many people not like me and who are like her and they deal with these kinds of issues through their whole lives and I wanted to ask you about what you playing this role and and addressing like the colorism in your community and addressing the sex trafficking aspect like to be the one who puts this on screen in a way that we certainly don't typically see i wanted to ask you about sort of what that makes you feel like in terms of the possible for what you could see or what you could do yourself knowing that you did this you you fucking did it
1: I mean, my hope is to just be um, a trailblazer um, because there's so much talent and there's so many stories we need to tell within our community. I hope this, again, creates the space for, all right, now I know they don't want to watch it and they don't want to hear about it, but they have no choice because the way we did it in a way where we don't have to, you know, there's a lot of good documentaries, but I mm-hmm. know a lot, if we just take it to genre and hopefully this, this genre thriller film will open the door and inspire a lot more artists to do exactly what they need to do. Tell, tell our stories, tell your Mm -hmm. story, um, and not be afraid to be accepted because it's going to get to the point where you ain't going to have a choice, but to, to hear our stories and hear our voice, just keep getting louder and louder with stuff like this. So that is my hope. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've trailblazed a lot of paths and I just (laughs) really hope that I didn't set it on fire and nobody will ever go this route again. (laughs) That's what I hope. But, um, yeah, I don't. I don't see why not. And especially like I keep bringing reservation dogs back out. It's yeah. kind of worked. You seen you seen the funny side, but they kind of kept a little darkness to it, to reality. Mm-hmm. Now you see a real reality with this movie. Now it's kind of I think start to get the ball rolling. And one thing else I did like about Rue too is that she didn't come. She didn't live in Compton in the projects. Yeah, she had a decent home. but Her father just got sick and died, and mm-hmm. this was like your typical middle class American story It just happens to be she's a biracial teenage girl that already goes through so much mm-hmm. then her father dies like and even to the point where this is really deep where her father was almost her, almost like a safe haven for the entire family because he's a white man yeah. and who has the most power in America white men mm-hmm. so that got taken away from their family in a way I don't even know if anybody really made that connection but like this is spiraled I love the fact that they kept it like no she's a good mom Raised in the church Good little sister Mm -hmm. And still It doesn't matter You know what Mm -hmm. I mean?
0: Yeah And I To circle back to Like the 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 joy aspect of it I wanted to hear from you About like as a You know Now a creator in this industry How do you hold space For the joy too When there is So much darkness That you're like We could go darker This could be a lot Fucking worse than you saw Mm -hmm. But how do you How do you hold space For that That joy too And the celebrations Of of the the broad you know the, the beautiful mosaic that, that comprises a background like yours
1: i mean our heritage is so rich and um just being around my people just being on the land in nature it that's joy right there. Mm-hmm. the fact that we can speak our languages out loud now the fact that we can practice our ceremonies out loud and you know, we have powwows or powwows, which are open to the public. That's how we celebrate who we are joyously. I mean, mm-hmm. we're funny as fuck too. I gotta say there's <laughs> many native comedians you got to listen to. Um, <laughs> and, you know, through music, we have a lot, we have a whole award show de- devoted to just native hip hop artists. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's so much joy. And I love how we can incorporate our ancient ways with the new age stuff, like mm-hmm. a tribe called red, you know, they're, they're dope. You know what I mean? So, Just, just always staying rich in our culture. That's, that's the joy. People, I mean, a lot of people want to be Indians for uh, Halloween or they want us as their mascot. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. But there's so much more behind that. You know, there's so much more behind Sacagawea or Pocahontas, like, or Tanto, Mm -hmm. Sitting Bull. There's so much history and you guys live on the history. You know what I mean? So we just celebrate who we are. And it's so amazing. All I have to do is be in the same room. But all my people I will come home like I am now to, to see my mom. And I'm like, <laughs> that's how we celebrate. We know who we are. Mm-hmm. Knowing where I come from, direct lineage, is how we celebrate our joy. I, I love telling people my history because I know it. And if I don't look Indian, I could tell you I am. Not that I need <laughs> to prove anything to anyone, but that's where I find our joy is just keep on practicing, keep speaking our, speaking our language, keep yelling, cheating, a war crying everywhere we go.
0: <laughs> I I would like for that to be the sort of parting thought of of where we conclude the conversation. But I will ask you: Is there as as we as we send off, what would you anything you would like? Obviously, the film. But I know you are a you are a passionate activist about many things. Is there anything you would like to conclude with that you would like to be the sort of closing closing agenda item?
1: Well, I get asked a lot: How can people help? How you know sure. with this issue, or um, as um, also with the residential school kids being uncovered. As of late, um, in Canada and America, and then you have these pipelines. Um, things come in threes. A lot of things come in threes, and this is all connected. Missing and murdered Indigenous women. Um, you have these man camps that come with these oil drills, drilling through um, you know broken treaty sacred lands, that want more Native women as sex workers, and then you have all these um, residential school kids that were taken away from their families, stolen. Told them they couldn't sit, sing or dance, cutting their hair, can't speak your language. Everything was taken away from us. And now it's time to get our our, our, our identity back and, start. you know, stop being so sad and be fucking angry now. And um, you can start by just knowing the land that you occupy. Do a little research. See what tribal lands are even near or around you. Um, that's where I ask people to start, you know, because, again, I don't want to throw people all the way into this because then it's almost like a shock value you know <laughs> yeah. um there's all kinds of grassroots organizations based around uh, missing and murdered indigenous women necessary to be started because of lack of resources so just mm-hmm. find out around your area what kind of what tribe what lands and then see if you can be of some help donations i know there's mm-hmm. all kinds of missing and murdered indigenous women organizations um just do a little research and have the conversations um and realize that now that things are coming up we need accountability just yeah. take accountability so we can move on don't say it, this didn't happen and um just start having those conversations with with your friends you know instead mm-hmm. of scrolling through instagram looking for the newest big booty jeans or whatever you know, <laughs> t- type type in the mmiw see what you come up with
0: mm-hmm. Well, Kaylee, thank you so much for your time with this and for for being so um, for being so candid in conversation about things that, you know, yes, the beautiful process of creating art and then the difficult process of mining your generational trauma for like, you know, the sake of creating authentic art, but also for educating people who you are doing the work for so that hopefully they go then choose to take that information and do the right thing with it. So thank you so much for taking your time with us today. No
1: problem. To which means thank you, guys. Uh, this was an amazing conversation, and we need to have more conversations like this. So I thank you. You are amazing. I love having conversations and not saying the same answer all the time.
0: I so appreciate hearing that, Kaylee. Thank you so much for joining us. This is this has been truly wonderful. Okay. Back in 2024, and I want to say thank you again to Kaylee Reese for that enlightening conversation. And also, congratulations on co starring with Jodie Foster, wow, in the new season of True Detective, which is on max and is brought to you by the fantastic writer director Issa Lopez. So, you can find Euphoria and her new show right there, back to back. Look at that. It's like an episode of Feeling Seen, curated your very own experience. Um, and if you want to watch Catch the Fair One, it is streaming right now on Hulu and AMC+. Plus. And now, one quick thing before I go about the ever-fraught process of seeing the Oscar nominations. Um, listen, really cool Best Picture crop. Like, American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie the Holdover's Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, The Zone of Interest. Uh, poor Things, really cleaned up, ton of nominations for them. Uh, Anatomy of, of Fall had a really good night. Killers of the Flower, well, I guess really good morning. The Killers of the Flower Moon. It is very exciting to see Danielle Brooks nominated for The Color Purple. Um, Nyad, guys, the Netflix movie Nyad uh, snuck in about the swimmer Diana Nyad, uh, starring Jodie Foster and Annette Bening that movie brought home a couple of acting nominations. So surprise to you that Niad is a movie if you hadn't yet seen that around. And hey, uh, Annette Benning is out here with uh, with another Academy Award nomination. Considering she is not nominated against Hillary Swank this year, maybe that ups her chances because, guys, never forget that both the last two times at least um, – that Annette Benning has not won Best Actress, it's because she has lost to Hillary Swank. A brutal and undersung Academy rivalry. But yeah, listen, Greta Gerwig's been nominated in the past uh for best director. Cool. We love that. But yet again, uh she's like, listen, the movie made It was the biggest movie of the year I'm not saying dollars cast Votes at the academy but I'm I'm Also saying they do Um, Because that's not not true But like to see A best director list and listen They didn't blank out women entirely Justine Triette for Anatomy of a Fall is in here That's very exciting Um, But you know we're looking at a list of other gents who are extremely familiar. Scorsese, Nolan, Len Themos, uh, Glazer. Yeah, Jonathan Glazer is not like, like Steven Spielberg level, but he's still a regarded filmmaker and he's still a dude. Um, his movie, The Zone of Interest. Go see it, you know? Support cinema. But she made the biggest movie of the year. And I don't like to have one half of Barbenheimer in that nominations list with what both of those movies Accomplished with the way they both perform. I j- it has like almost 10 other nominations. Like the the composite picture of Barbie as an Academy Awards player is a very present one. Like this is a movie that is nominated for Academy Awards. Margot Robbie is not nominated for Best Actress. I'm not gonna get super upset about that one. I do think actually Margot Robbie is one of our most dynamic working actresses. Um, it doesn't need, it doesn't need to be this movie. I don't, I like a really strong performance, but like you're winnowing down to the five of the year. Sure. Okay. But like to not, (laughs) to not put her in best direction, it's kind of like, what does she have to do? What is Greta Gerwig finally going to win an Oscar for? Like, what is the thing that Greta Gerwig is finally going to get her best direction Oscar for? Like, what does the woman have to do out here? And this is like, this is not me like doing like a, like a necessarily even a, a gendered argument, like, you know, more women for Best Director. Obviously true, but like specifically Greta Gerwig. Like this is specifically about Greta Gerwig and her accomplishment with the movie Barbie. um, Would have loved to have seen it. Again, super glad about that Best Picture list. I would honestly, uh, I'd be happy to see any of those movies win. Like, be like, wow, great job, Cinema. If any, any one of those movies wins, I, I don't, listen, I haven't been reading the Horse Race stuff it's probably Oppenheimer feels like gonna be Oppenheimer right like it feels like that's gonna be the movie but I'm like I want to go all in on Killers of the Flower Moon like let's go three and a half hours of like American violence and Lily Gladstone's like coronation at the Oscars I'm all for that and by the way congratulations to all the nominees but especially to Lily Gladstone for being nominated for Best Actress at the Academy Awards um let this I want it to be the year of Carrie Mulligan sooner rather than later, but can this be the year of Lily Gladstone? Uh, Carrie Mulligan, another one of those. I feel like kind of in that Amy Adams camp of like, she's so good and she's just so naturalistically good. I feel like it doesn't carry her over the edge for voting with Oscars in the end. One of these days, Carrie, it's going to be you up there and you're going to deserve it. You will have deserved it before, Uh, but can it be Lily's year? Uh, Apologies to not betting for saying that. But, you know, that's with the cookie crumbles, guys. That's the Oscar nominations. It's a morning of euphoria. It's a morning of heartbreak. I highly recommend you get on Twitter and look for the video of the Godzilla minus one visual effects team reacting to their Oscar nomination. It's a bunch of people sitting around like a conference room table and they've positioned like a dozen Godzilla dolls to be watching the TV with them at the moment that they're nominated. And then they throw like streamers and ribbons in the air and they're panicking and it's they're so excited. Uh, so find the joy on Oscar nomination day for the people who Margot Robbie's good like I'm sure she wanted to be nominated for an Oscar but like she's generally great today shouts out to the teams like you know doc- documentary short filmmakers and visual effects teams that are seeing those nominations that could change their entire lives so yeah uh, that is it that's our show congratulations Cinema you did it again uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at feelingseenpod or send us an email at feelingseenatmaximumfun.org if you want to follow me I'm Jor Crew on Twitter our theme music is by Andrew Eben this show is produced by Marissa Flaxbart. Our senior producers are Kevin Ferguson and Laura Wisher, And this is a production of Maximum Fun.
1: Maximum Fun.
0: A worker owned network of artist-owned shows. Supported
1: directly by you.